This is the Hunt for Wellness podcast with Tony Kashner, 42 Pringles. It's another great day for wellness, and this is Bones bringing the packs of F3 Nation the latest strategies and tips to accelerate their king and optimize their queen. Health is a journey and requires you to take a proactive approach on a daily basis. Knowing exactly what to do and how to do it will help you achieve it faster. Each week, we are going to be interviewing the leading health and wellness experts, sharing inspiring stories from the packs, and diving into the latest research to help you optimize your health. So get ready as we embark on your hunt for wellness. All right. Well, welcome back to another edition of the Hunt for Wellness podcast. This is Dr. Tunis Hunt, otherwise known as Bones in the Gloom. And Pax, it is good to be back after a a couple weeks hiatus here, um, primarily because of summer break and being DR. It's good to be back on the airways and, and really kind of sharing health and wellness with all of you. And I am super excited about our show today and our special guest. Uh, but before we dive into our special guest, just wanted to kind of give you an update of things I've had going on. Um, you may have heard on the COT podcast, uh, the health tip a couple of weeks ago, I was able to go to Boy Scout camp. And that was a fun week where I got to spend with my 2.1, uh, my son, Cooper, uh, out on, uh, in the wilderness and here in North Carolina's mountains and uh, it was just something about being out in nature uh, for 24-7 for seven days. Uh, I slept in a hammock, uh, got to cook my own food, and, and really just kind of enjoy being out there in nature. And, and if you haven't had a chance to do that, especially this summer, let me encourage you to do that because there's just something about getting away from the devices, getting away from you know the media, and just resetting and getting back to what's important in life. And I think I shared on that health tip, you know, there was several hundred people there and no one cared what you did, what your affiliations were. Uh, Everyone was just enjoying themselves and each other and humanity. So, you know, let that just be a reminder to us all that as we get sucked down the rabbit hole of all the news media and the social media reels and things like that, that uh, just to take a break and step away, it's refreshing to the soul. And I've came back just rejuvenated and ready to tackle life and my own fitness goals moving forward. So, um, you know, I, we have some great guests lined up for the podcast coming up. And so I'm super excited for those guests. But starting today, you're going to hear some fantastic uh, testimony about F3, about a true health transformation. And you may have already been familiar with this story a little bit because uh, it recently gained some traction on the nation's Slack channel, on the nation's uh, Twitter account. And certainly it was highlighted a little bit on the COT podcast, um, you know, previous episodes. And it was, it was about um, a, a group of men in central Illinois really rallying around one of their PACS members and do be to be specific, I'm talking about our brother out there, Pringles, or otherwise known as Tony Kashner. Um, 
and his transformation and accomplishments and how that has inspired a whole region just to step up to the plate and just be better hymns. So without further ado, I want to bring in our special guest so that he can tell you firsthand about his amazing transformation. So welcome to the show, Pringles. Hi there. Thank you. Well, let's start real quick. Um, I know some people have maybe heard a little bit about your story, but bring us up to speed about who you are, where you post, and how did you learn about F3? Okay. Uh, my name's Tony Kashner. Uh, I'm from Stanford, Illinois, or actually Danvers, Illinois. I live in Stanford, Illinois. Uh, heard from F3 uh, from backstage and uh, he's actually the minister of our church, uh, MCC. Um, they're in my near, my near Christian church. And then uh, my neighbor, Sparkles, is uh, also a part of F3. And this was during the pandemic. So uh, we were doing virtuosity. And he said, come over to the garage and we'll get started. Uh, the first workout, I shook for three days afterwards. So evidently, we got a shout out to Bean Counter in Naperville for that. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of how I learned about F3. Uh, and I'd say, I'd say that's about a year ago. And then the 11 months was right at uh, going into live workout. So I got it. So learned of the F3 concept from your pastor slash neighbor as well. Did you have an idea of what F3 was as you were being invited? I mean, what were you told F3 was, you know, before you started? Uh, I kind of seen started seeing a transformation in the neighbor. Uh, and I said, hey, what are you doing? And he said, well, it's this F3 group. And at the time we were... Uh, F3 Trey County, and we've since, you know, evolved to F3 Central Illinois. So um, he kind of told me about it a little bit. Hey, it's a group of guys holding each other accountable. Um, you should come and learn some more about it. Uh, backstage will tell you a little more about it. So we got into that, and uh, I was talking to backstage, and then Sparkles is like, if you want to make this happen, it's going to be – going to be a commitment and I'm like well that's what I need so I can't seem to get to the gym on a regular basis because you go to the gym you let yourself down big deal you know you go to a group of packs you let down 20 other guys it is a bigger deal so so you recognize the importance of the accountability aspect that F3 could provide you um as far as achieving some of those fitness goals that you had? thousand percent, yes. Got it. Well, and that is really the power of, of, of F3. You know, a lot of times guys aren't sure what they're getting into and, oh, I might go work out or my buddy told me about a workout. And then you quickly realize that it's the camaraderie and the brotherhood and, and, and that opportunity just to, you know, do life with other men. And 
having that commitment level on a daily basis and, and, and accountability is what keeps guys accelerating. So I'm glad that you recognize that right away. So obviously you went, the, well, so you said the first one was like a, was it a virtual? You said you went over to yeah, somebody's garage. And, yeah. So what, meaning you guys jumped on a device and worked out with other men through the, through that is that what you're right. suggesting yeah it was a uh like a workout the host was in let's say one host was in california gotcha. and we were on the internet so yeah yeah and i know that was very popular during the pandemic and that just is a true testament to the diversity of the packs and um the ability for them to to pivot you know in in those circumstances so I never yeah. personally uh, attended one of those. Um, you know, we were here and where we live. I, I live in the South Charlotte area, uh, post primarily in Fort Mill and Lake Wiley. And because of where we were, our restrictions were not as hard. I mean, we did, quote, unquote, have a shutdown, but many of us were able to quickly find outside opportunities to continue to meet um, you know, with the, with restrictions in place. So it wasn't as big of a need for, for me personally to do that, but I know that wasn't the case for a lot of guys or family circumstances that didn't allow them to maybe be exposed to as many people. Uh, I know that was a huge blessing uh, for, for those people. So that's neat that you, yeah, you were EH through that Uh, again, another, you know, testament to why it's good to have diversity as far as options for people you know, to get you in the gloom. So were you given your F3 name that first workout then virtually? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so, uh, so Pringles is was, what they gave you. So why, why Pringles? Well, I mean, if you got a Frito guy, why wouldn't you name him Pringles? Right. The I toughest gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So ironically, but, uh, it stuck and, uh, like we had our first year convergence uh, through, you know, F3 with the Central Illinois. We had our first year convergence with Naperville and they came down and there was, or there was a group of guys, you know, from Naperville came down and I mean, just throughout the board, like the guys have been absolutely amazing. And you know how you get the first look at your workout, like really this guy gonna make it you know and nobody said it but i've seen it you know several times uh i mean you get up to 497 is where i started uh yeah so so yeah let's let's um let's kind of pivot to that story because you're kind of alluding to the fact that you know when you first kind of came on the scene you weren't your typical fit dude already accelerating their fitness, just looking for something new. I mean, you were somebody that was really struggling with their health. And so let's kind of go back to that Genesis story of why, you know, this whole transformation. So yeah, walk us back to that worst part, you know, where where you kind of started and then we can kind of walk through that storyline of, of your transformation. Okay. Um, Where I first started, I was, I got up to 497 and actually New Year's Day of, I guess it'd be about 15 years ago. 
New Year's Day, I was involved in an automobile accident and got, you know, pretty tore up with the face, needed plastic surgery. Uh, basically, the good Lord blessed me with an opportunity to make it through that. And uh, after that opportunity, the plastic surgeon, who I'll never forget, said, man, that's a beautiful family out there. Too bad you ain't going to see it in five years. I mean, point blank told me that some things got to change, which I need that. I'm that guy who needs the bluntness. So uh, I flat out started, you know. So, so, so just to be clear, you are at 497 at this moment? Yes. Okay. She weighed, so you... she weighed me flat out, called me out on it. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh I'll never so, forget her for that. So, so, so obviously you don't become 497 overnight. Um, no. What was some of the things leading up to that? I mean, was it, was weight something you always struggled with uh, in, in your teenage years, early twenties? What, what do you feel like was the catalyst to kind of get you to 497 and I why? Was always a big bone guy and, I could do that, but food was my comfort. When I got nervous, I I ate wrongling for years, you know, and that don't happen overnight. When, like you said, when you do uh, bad habits, it only takes 30 days to form a bad habit, and then that's with you the rest of your life. Now, that being said, I'd always been an active guy. I've been, I've coached youth sports for 21 years. Uh, I took a two-year hiatus. But, I mean, I always looked at it as, man, I challenge just one other big kid to do what I do. So started kind of researching. I was just eating stupid, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, not, and when I say stupid, I mean the wrong foods. A uh, lot of starch, a lot of uh, and then I started realizing, you know, okay, hey, I'm going to start cutting some of this out. And my big thing was soda. Um, before I started my day, I had 2,000 calories in Mountain Dew. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So you'd have 10 bottles of Mountain Dew and you're at your caloric intake already. So, yeah. that start, you know what I mean? So that started the uh, train the wrong way. So we kind of looked at it as, okay, I'm going to cut out. I'm going to switch to diet pop. So we switched to diet pop and I cut way back on that. When I mean way back, it's still five bottles a day. So it's still 200 ounces a day. So it's not, you know, but anyways, long story short, I lost a hundred uh, pounds on that. And then I went to the doctor. So this was, this was after your, your, the doctor calls you out at 497. Yeah. They yeah, say, listen, you, you recognize that I got to start doing something different. Um, 
prior to that though, I mean, did you attempt to lose weight prior to that? Or was it just something that you were comfortable living with? I mean, what was the mentality prior to being called out? Eat to get by. Okay. I mean, you know what I mean? It was always the mentality was I'm still active. I'll be fine. Gotcha. So you were, you were, you were justifying some of it with, your ability to continue to do some of the things that you were doing. And so well, therefore, yeah, like I'd coach you sports. I'd run two hour practices. I would do all the exercises with them. At, at 497. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, and I think maybe an idea just off the top of my head, maybe one workout coming if I ever cue and just strap like 200 pounds to my back and see, uh, we, that would kind of resemble what I carried around all the time. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, to your point, that is a major, um, weight to put on your shoulders and your back. I mean, I know I've done a few, rucking events where, you, you know, you're carrying the, the heavy pack and then you add sandbags and, um, you know, there, it just remarkably how much heavier your joints, um, you know, have to lift and, and, and work with. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think it's a, a wake up call for people, including yourself to remind yourself of how much extra weight, you know, that does. So you lost a hundred pounds. Um, this is obviously before F3, you said you were making some changes dietarily, uh, you know, the, the switch from the 10 to the five bottles diet versus non-diet, uh, soda, maybe cutting out some of the starches, mm-hmm. lost the weight and then kind of plateaued. I mean, kind of got stuck to where you were. Yeah. I kind of got stuck to where I was and, uh, I got referred to another physician, which was, uh, Dr. Holschbach and he's been wonderful. He uh, said, hey, just, I'm going to check your blood sugar. And it came back off the charts uh, high. So we knew I was diabetic. And then my line of work, I mean, I can't speculate, but if you're off the charts of 13, usually that's type 1. But in my line of work, I got to drive a DOT regulated truck. So, uh, we kind of said, Hey, you're type two. We gotta change some things drastically. So we went, uh, to that level. And, uh, so that's kind of, I was looking for something for accountability and that's kind of when F3 knocked down that door. So, yeah, so you get diagnosed as a type 2 diabetic. Um, what kind of thought process initially did you have on that? I mean, what, what did the doctor act like it's, you know, something just to manage with medication? Did they mm-hmm. kind of tell you other things? What, what was kind of the mindset around that? Well, first, my mindset was I've just lost 100 pounds. I'm kind of mad. but Right. <laughs> but... Uh, quickly got over it and realized, Hey, we still got a family to provide for. So, uh, we need to pivot to 
not being mad and uh, the mindset from that point was okay let's jump in all in let's yeah find, let's find something and get this uh lower they gave me metformin first mm-hmm. and eventually my body became resilient to that so the only thing i'm taking now is glyzembe and uh so there again and I don't, like I said, when I lost 100 pounds, you and I were kind of diving into the why it happens once you lose the weight part of it. Yeah, so a couple things to, to consider. First is, I don't know if they did a blood test prior to losing the weight. So there's always the possibility that you could have had some elevated glucose prior. Uh, having said that, we do know that fat is protective. And so, you know, the way it works is this, we eat and all food has a sugar molecule in it called glucose and glucose is what fuels our cells. It's, it's part of what they call the Krebs cycle, which makes ATP, which is the energy stores in our body. And in order for the body to utilize glucose, it's got to first pull it out of the blood and, and shuttle it shuttle it into different cells in the form of glycogen. And and the three main storage containers are your muscle cells, your liver cells, and fat cells. And so if I eat something, my blood sugar goes up because I just ate and it's in my blood. My pancreas releases the hormone insulin. Insulin goes and grabs that glucose and then shuttles it to some of these three storage containers, if you will. Well, the liver can only accept so much. The muscles or the skeletal system can only accept so much. So any excess. So when we're drinking 10 bottles of Mountain Dew, for instance, a day, the body is just overwhelmed with the amount of sugar in the system that it just doesn't know where else to put it. But if it has fat, fat seems to have like this unlimited storage capacity. And so a lot of times heavier people sometimes are less symptomatic or have less problems with some of these uh, sugar handling issues because they just have more storage spots. So when you lose the weight and you lose some of that storage container, now that again, sugar has nowhere to go. So it stays in the blood system so that when you get tested, your fasting glucose levels go up and therefore you get this diagnosis of diabetes. So um, sometimes it is an issue that we see happens as people go from a heavy weight to a lower weight. Some of these other diagnoses will pop up because the body's adapting to, you know, what it's, what it's working with and dealing with. Um, but it also speaks to, you know, what diabetes, you know, is and isn't um, uh, specifically type two. So diet type, you, you reference type one. Type one is what we consider an autoimmune disease. It's when your um, uh, pancreatic cells aren't working properly to produce insulin, and therefore you're just physiologically not able to pull the glucose out. And most of the time, and historically speaking, they used to call it juvenile onset diabetes. It's because of the type of diabetes that most children would have because of diet because it wasn't dietary practices that created it. It was something that they were kind of born with. They weren't capable of creating enough insulin. And most people with type one diabetes 
are diagnosed in their childhood years. Um, doesn't mean it always means that happens that way, but a lot of times, whereas what you experienced was this type two or adult onset is another term that often used. And it's really as a result of lifestyle, right? It's the, the result of putting too much sugar in the system that the body just can't handle it. And therefore it starts to break down these other processes and, and really kind of creates this, what they call insulin resistance. And so I know this is all technical, I'm not trying to get in the weeds here, but um, all that to say, because I think part of your story as we can move forward is how the body starts to self heal. And one of the, the, the most rewarding things I've seen just working with personal clients is many, many people are very successful at moving their diabetes diagnosis in the proper direction, even coming off medication, reversing it and really kind of becoming um, whole again. And it's amazing how the body does that, but it requires a very specific protocol. And it sounds like you were starting to do that, which is removing the starches, reducing the sugar and, and starting to, to, to clean up some of the um, other lifestyle factors like exercise and so forth. So, but, you know, so you get back um, to, you you start to post and mm -hmm. you, would you say you're at 397 when you start to post or were you yeah, less than I'd that? Say right at 400 close to Okay. It. So, so that is why, and again, we alluded to it already. That is why um, you were probably getting some looks from around the circle going, I don't know if this guy's going to make it. Uh, this might not be his group. Um, but to your credit and those around you, that wasn't the case. You stuck with it. So tell us a little bit about how F the F3 experience started to, to, to impact you. Well, uh, yeah, the F3 experience went to my first AO at uh, Olympus. And and that's like my near west so we just call it you know olympia west so olympus uh, so 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 before you move forward i just want to get my timeline correct you've been doing the virtual and you did the virtual for how long would you say uh i did it a week and then we were actually able to okay i got gotcha. you okay right so in. very quickly you kind of were introduced to it virtually but then within a week or so you were actually posting uh physically I mean, yes. out of physical AO. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, and then the physical AO, we went uh, to Olympus, and uh, I actually believe uh, Mudslide led the first one and then uh, said, hey, Saturday, and I did all the things, but, you know, with Sparkles, he said, modify, modify, modify your fitness journey your fitness zone so that kind of stuck with me the whole time uh went there we did everything i didn't puke <laughs> i thought maybe that would have happened but uh body just started shaking and we were done so it was a 7 a.m to 8 a.m we were done at eight and i i don't think i regained feeling until <laughs> <laughs> two or three, you know, started shaking, but didn't quit, started, uh, you know, started with it two days a week, uh, Friday, Saturday, and then it evolved into on my own every night, I'd do something for 45 minutes of activity, 
uh, one of the guys who got me started that that clicked with me is 45 minutes of activity and then uh, one of the guys that joined shortly after me uh, Kingpin and I would walk two or three nights a week with our wives or the M's and uh, for two miles we started and then three and then four and then hey maybe we'll do this rucking thing and it, you know, it just kind of evolved to uh, one of the guy's pipes. I've really watched him improve running with uh, another PAX named Baby Ruth. And I went, well, everybody says you got to set a goal. So I'm going to set a goal to run a 5K. And I want to do it where it means, you know, something to me, I want. So I grew up in Danvers, Illinois, which we always had this little festival of Danvers days, right? So we wanted to, I wanted to run the 5K in Danvers days. Well, they did away with it. So, you know, as I'm evolving, as I'm improving, I'm like, okay, here it is, July 2nd. I'm going to do the Major Reed Nannan Memorial Run, who was a fallen uh, classmate where I went to school uh, in the military. So I'm going to run that July 2nd. And so right from that point, the guy, one specifically guy, Pipes and McCracken both, they just hey, let's, Pipes is going to help you with your breathing. I'm going to help you with your endurance. And we're just going to improve to it. And when the course comes out, I'll run with you the Tuesday. Before, if you want somebody to run with you, ask them. Don't feel like you need to do this on your own on your first one. So... What was the uh, time frame between you kind of setting your goal in this actual race? So I'd been with, uh, I want to say I'd been with F3 probably nine months. And I finally realized to myself, I'm like, I'm, I'm holding myself back. So if I, if I don't run or set a goal, it's just words from here. So may you know actions speak louder than words sometimes so i gotta prove to myself i can run that uh and right off i guess you know transferring back you know mudslide had said hey you should try a 5k and i'm like well that's crazy i don't run for fun you know and uh we were joking about it and pipes uh that, hey, I'll definitely help you with your breathing. And I finally asked him uh, about three weeks before the race. I said, hey, will you run with me? And he goes, 100%. I'm in. Uh, you know, and even Frenchie, who uh, was a PAX from there, uh, ran with me during the race. And I, I had asked personally, hey, run your race. 
as it's your own because you know you pay to run so that should be your money um but i was overwhelmed like by everybody uh but mccracken uh, packs there showed me you know a week out the course hey do you want to run it with me tuesday yeah i do and i think every yes answer that i give surprises people but <laughs> you know i i never i, I would have never said i would run uh, a 5k definitely and then my two lifelong friends uh ran it with me also which i'm i'm pretty confident they will uh, become f3 members here uh, well, I would hope so, especially after seeing the, the love and support to you from the packs and, around you. And now every week they ask questions. So there's not a set time of I have to come. I went, absolutely not. You can uh, do it your own. And he's like, man, this guy was awesome. This guy, they were all supportive of you. And I went, yeah. <clears throat> and that's what it is, is uh, camaraderie. Uh, definitely accountability yeah we we beat each other up at aos but the care and love everybody has for each other is absolutely nuts yeah so a couple of things i want to touch on because you brought up some really good points um through your story um the first thing is you know you mentioned showing up to that first physical ao and you know just going and, and, and doing your best. And, and you heard the term modify and modify and, you know, and, and, and you did what you need to do. Um, how important was that um, freedom to you as someone who was struggling with their weight and fitness initially to have that comfort that these guys were still supporting you regardless of your physical capability that first day? I mean, how, how important that is that um, to someone who is really kind of just trying to get their foot going or foot in the water when it comes to fitness. Well, it absolutely makes you feel like you aren't alone. You aren't being judged. And you know, as you, if I was big all my life, so you got the looks all your life, you know, you've seen the looks, but you didn't get that at this group. So, you were just one of the guys and that speaks volumes to me. That's all I ever want to be is mm -hmm. one of the guys. And being looked at as a leader is kind of hard for me to grasp, you know, like the accolades, like even I'll be honest, even jumping on your podcast is a hard thing for me to say yes to. Uh, but there again, one of the packs named Kingpin definitely said, man, if you can impact one person's life and change one person, you've inspired a lot here, you can probably do a lot more. So, yeah, and he's right. And, and, you know, part of the story, your story rather, that I kind of was introduced to is just this concept of, you know, if, if Pringles can do it, anybody can kind of like a, a mantra of your region of inspiring men to, you know, push the limits a little bit because 
you, you made the comment as well. I mean, you were doing F3 for nine months and yes, seeing some improvement, but you also knew deep down inside because you didn't have some quote unquote audacious goal out in front of you. You weren't maybe pushing the envelope to that next echelon of, of your physical fitness. And there's been a lot of talk about this here nationally, you know, as far as guys being willing to take that extra step to, to push themselves that we don't want this to become something that's just um, uh, mechanical or just a, a, a box to check in the morning that, oh, I showed up. So therefore I am, um, I'm accelerating. That's not necessarily true. It's, it's about that personal goal on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to get better. Um, you know, to push yourself. So I think you putting that goal out there and achieving that um, is inspiring to the guys around you. And then obviously those that get to listen to this podcast, um, you know, can do that. So speaking on that, I mean, if there's guys out there right now, maybe, maybe there's similar story as you, maybe they've always struggled with weight. Maybe they've always been that guy um, or has even been posting and, you know, have chronically modified and kind of chronically kept it safe. Um, you know, what, what's your message to them as far as helping them identify that audacious goal and giving them the courage to kind of step out in faith like you did and, and, and move forward with it? It was funny, actually. Uh, I'd seen a quote that said, you don't know your body's limits until you push them to where you're not comfortable pretty much you know uh or if you can accelerate them so i always knew the one thing i didn't like to do was run mm -hmm. and wrestling practice i'd get out of that sucker anytime i could you know um but the audacious goal was obviously that it was right it was staring at me the whole time uh, so if you don't like something but you want to feel a feeling of accomplishment you got to break that wall down so i guess my message would be definitely surround your group surround yourself with a group that supports you 100 percent and i mean speaking on that like the hard 75 anything that people put out there and i said okay i think i want to do this there'd be a zoom meeting or there'd be something hey this is how we're going to accomplish it and it was just constant support and care and they recognize hey he's he's trying i, I want I want to put extra effort with this. And we'd, you know, we'd even make a separate channel of, hey, post your daily routine today. So we'd be account, so we'd be accountable. And because I had spoke to the accountability part, they adjusted and they didn't have to do that. So um, my message is you surround yourself with people who are going to make you better then it just you know it kind of came to a 
culmination or whatever you want to say, July 2nd when we ran the race. Uh, you know, I never had ran under 4120. Uh, like 4120 was my best on that Tuesday before, and McCracken was, you know, jogging with me. And I'm like, a lot of guys would get frustrated with the fact that he just jogged and you ran your best. Not me. I mean, we can definitely, I'm like, no, it's a battle within yourself too. It's not just a battle with a time of race and uh, stuff. Going into the race, Pipes looked at me and said, I know you got a goal of a time. And I went, yeah, I do, but I think I'll keep that quiet. And he was like, no, nah, I think you'll tell me now. I went, okay, that's fair. So 40 was my goal, and uh, 38.47 is what I ran it in. That's and, awesome. Congrats. Yeah, so, uh, it, I mean, it's just, it, it really opened my eyes to constantly pushing your limits. Yeah, I mean, you. Yeah, well, you bring up uh, the point uh, you said it earlier. You don't know what your limitations are until you you actually put yourself in those situations, and that's why, you know, as a as a nation, we promote grow rucks, we do these CSOPs, we do um, these long endurance relay races. It's because you're supposed to put yourself in a position where it's not supposed to be simple. It's supposed to push you to that limit. And the, the amazing thing about every time you do that is you walk away with more confidence and understanding that you have more in you than you could ever imagine. And having the team and the accountability around you is the key to consistently accelerating. I mean, all of us on an anomaly can maybe do a, a personal best on our own, but the reality is the best of the best of the best, um, you know, have those people around there. You know, actually, I, I, I listened to a podcast not too long ago, um, and they were talking about Roger Bannister, you know, the, the first minute or four minute miler. And they were kind of doing the history and, and how everyone was falling short of this four minute mile consecutively, consecutively, including himself. And what finally got him to break it is he recruited two other runners to pace him for that four minute mile. And then the first guy ran um, so fast with him to pace him for the first couple laps or whatever it was. And then the final guy did the, the, you know, the, the next pace or whatever it was supposed to do to kind of keep him going. But if it wasn't for these other men willing to kind of step up and, and help that person out and give him the guidance and the direction and, 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 and whatever it needs and encouragement or whatever you want to call it to achieve it, then, you know, who knows? We still may be, you know, over a four-minute mile today. I mean, once he broke it, of course, that changed history and everyone kind of jumped in there and, 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 and multiple people have done it since. But um, I thought it was interesting that, it wasn't him by himself just working harder. It was him recruiting other accountability partners that actually were strategic in him accomplishing that. And so I think that speaks to kind of what your goal just accomplished, how you 
recruited some people to pace you, to, to keep you accountable, to, to, to force you to, to be honest with yourself about what your expectation was and, and allow you to achieve those goals. And I think that's a good lesson for all of us who have these big audacious goals. Don't just keep it to yourself. Don't just act like you're going to work hard just to get it on your own. Um, recruit a few people, find some people that are just absolutely going to hold you accountable to it. And, and even if they can't physically do it all themselves, like these other two guys couldn't run the four minute mile like Bannister could, but them assisting him to do it was the catalyst for him to do it. Um, you know, sometimes it's just being surrounded by other good natured people that allow us to accelerate, um, you know, it just kind of shows us how, how much further we can go. So, I, I mean, I think he brought up some great points here, and I think it's a, a good lesson for all of us when it comes to setting goals and, and recruiting our team members around us. It's, so where are you, where, where are you at? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, no, no. It's absolutely ironic that you say the Roger Bannister thing and, uh, you know, he needed other people, and I realized I needed others getting into it and like so in the dead of winter i kept showing up we all kept showing up and i i reiterate the we more and more it's a we thing because uh, it gets cold there in central illinois doesn't it <laughs> oh yeah uh, there was one workout where we were negative five wow so uh it was Absolutely nuts. Uh, November, uh, mudslide had said, hey, here's an iron sharpens an iron thing, and we're going to pass it around every six months. And the first one uh, was given to me. And uh, here shortly, I'm passing it on to another PAX in uh, F3. And that's kind of our you know, a little tradition he, he came up with that we are going to, you know. So, so explain, explain that a little bit. What does that mean in your context and in, in your region? So the iron sharpens iron meat. Everybody makes everybody stronger. Uh-huh. Uh, within the context. So uh, it was given to, for constantly showing up to AOs, to doing, to your point, so it's, so it's kind of it's kind of a title given to a PAX member who is exemplary of that yeah. iron shop and iron mentality. Okay. And like I said, I'm not very good at the accolades and stuff like that, but the uh, I was overwhelmed with it. And uh, there's another great story within our region, and hopefully you'll hear that story shortly. Uh, but the seesaw. Like, I'm like, well, what is this? And, you know, they kind of explained it more in Frogger and they posted the hard 75, the uh, burpee challenge, which when I first started, I said, that will not be in my vocabulary. <laughs> Burpees don't exist. And uh, so then I did... 3,100 burpees for a month or, you know, a hundred a day. And then the Merkins challenge. So it was constantly pushing the envelope uh, 
the merchants challenge is a hundred a day for the year. So it, that's what you're currently doing. Yeah, that's what we're okay. currently Good on. Good for you, man. It, it, uh, it's a uh, your arms feel like jello when you first start, and now it's like, oh, I can knock these out in ten minutes. Yeah, that's great. You know what I mean? Like, so it gives you a sense of pride throughout the whole thing. And the whole region, so to your point on the race day, there was somebody who couldn't run the race. He's 65 years old. He, he didn't think he was ready. And that's 100% fine. But he's also the one who kind of, we kind of joined like within two days of each other. And he's kind of been a big part of my life. And uh, like every checkpoint during the race the mile checkpoint the two mile the finish he was there like he knew when i need to see his face you know what i mean so the camaraderie is nuts like you get lifelong friends from this and you don't realize it when you first started so yeah now you're ready to sign up for the 10k. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have you back on when you accomplish you know, that thing. You know what's <laughs> absolutely hilarious is pipe says, well, I think that's our next one's 10k. Yeah. Right. It's just, just more of the same, man. You just keep moving those feet and keep getting inspired mile by mile. Um, you yeah. can absolutely do it. Uh, you know, the, the classic saying, you know, when you think you're done, you probably have about 40% left inside of you and it's just yeah. getting to that moment that uh really pushes you so where are you at now i mean as far as uh your 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 fitness journey obviously you just accomplished this great thing um are you still working on losing weight i mean are you where you want to be i mean originally 497 so kind of 397 where are we at today so, and I go back to the goals thing. The 497 at that point, I set a goal of 275. Okay. And I hit that, I want to say a month ago. So I'm, nice. I'm right at 270. And okay. always, the one thing F3's taught me is always reach goal or set goals and then reach them, set another one. Sure. Uh, the other, the next goal would be 250 and then okay. back, back up to 275 and muscle. So, oh, wow. Uh, so how tall are you? I'm six one. Okay. All right. My, so that's still a lot of weight. Yeah. But I, ironically the weight and I've, you know, I've always been obese, but the ironically, 248 is probably the new goal because that's normal for 6-1. So I would, I would think that would be the new goal. But then I would like, you know, some muscle added on. Well, yeah, I agree. I agree. Muscle weighs more but takes up less space. So, well, whatever, man. We'll, uh, we'll continue to encourage you. You got some work to do. You got um, a great group of guys around you to continue. Uh, uh, hopefully – they all will listen to this and know now what your new goal weight is so that they can keep you accountable and making sure that you're checking in and, and doing the necessary things to continue to move that in the right direction. 
you know, hopefully as you continue to do those health transformations, you know, the, your, the diabetes will continue to, to improve and the medications will continue to be reduced if necessary. And, you know, you'll just continue to, to accelerate in your region. But uh, Pringles, man, we can, we can go all day. Uh, we're coming up on our time though. So yeah. I want to, to finish off with a couple final questions here. Um, and the first is this, and, and you've shared a ton of health tips or uh, tips just in general for men to, to kind of accelerate their own fitness journey. But what would three tips, what would be three tips you would give somebody if they are ready to kind of embark on their own hunt for wellness? Um, starches, eliminate them, obviously. Um, okay. Two, I would be definitely never give up on yourself. Uh, and I would say three would be listen to what the doctors say. And that's always been a hard pill for me to swallow. So, uh, once I got it through my thick skull that, hey, they might know what they're talking about. So maybe uh, your family's kind of worth supporting. So you might want to get the lead out. So, Yeah, no, good, good tips. And I completely agree. Uh, I think we overconsume starches in our environment, in our society. People don't realize how quickly refined starch, for instance, turns to sugar as we eat it. And it just raises and complicates that, um, metabolic, um, you know, sugar rate and all those things that kind of create these diseases, these chronic diseases, and then accountability or not giving up on yourself. Um, you never fail unless you quit. Right. And, um, I, I agree. Uh, expert advice is very good in lots of areas of life, uh, including our wellness and health and, um, sometimes just getting a little bit of guidance is all it takes to, to really write the ship and be willing to move in the right direction. So I do have a final question, uh, but before I ask it, Pringles, uh, I just want to take a few seconds here and just acknowledge you, say thank you once again for uh, joining us on the show and sharing your story and, and really being an inspiration to your region and the men around you and now on a national level that guys can hear your story, the fact that you went from such a large weight and physical, you know, you know, being to someone who is setting goals, accelerating a region and igniting, you know, acceleration uh, to your fellow PAX members. So thanks again, man. I, I really appreciate, you know, what you're doing and, and the impact that you're going to have on, on those that listen to this. Um, if people wanted to reach out to you, if people wanted to contact you, um, what would be a best way of doing that? I mean, you have a social media, uh, anything uh, like that? I, I have social media. I have uh, the, I usually do the Facebook messenger thing. Okay. Uh, so what would they, what would they, what, how would people find you? What would they need to do? Would you want a cell number to reach? Uh, well, that might, <laughs> we might not yeah. want to share that. Um, but do you, um, so what about Facebook? How do they find you on Facebook? Okay. They find me on Facebook by Anthony Kashner. Okay. And, or we can go find me F3 Pringle with okay. F3 for Illinois. 
on the Slack is that, channel. Is that the national Slack channel? I think it's just uh, F3, F3 Naperville and F3 Central Illinois. I can look into what I got to do for the nation. Thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just as simple as those other two. Okay. Are you on Twitter at all? I do not believe so. So I okay. would say <laughs> <laughs> I would say not. Okay. That's cool. I mean, we got okay. that. And then obviously folks, um, if there's something you want to get to Pringles, you can always reach out to me. Uh, you can do that at bones at huntforwellness.com or at HFW podcast on the Twitter or at Tunis Hunt on Twitter. Um, as we post this information, um, if, if you see this on Twitter, you can always DM us that way as well. We'll make sure that we get you in touch with Pringles. But uh, my final question for you, Pringles, is this. What is your definition of wellness? My definition of wellness is constantly improving. Love it. Thanks for listening to the Hunt for Wellness podcast. Please rate and review our show and be sure to share it with your F3 brothers. As always, we are looking for inspiring stories to share and health experts to interview. So if that's you, please reach out to me at bones at huntforwellness.com, on the nation's Slack at bones, or Twitter at HFW podcast. And until next time, this has been Bones guiding the packs of F3 Nation on their hunt for wellness.